Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mouth Sword Ministries. I'm your host, Timothy Aaron, and I'm joined with Rhonda Kay. And we're going to be uh, talking more scripture, more Bible talk, more end time talk, um, more righteousness talk. Uh, that's what we like to do at uh, Mouth Sword Ministries. Uh, the purpose is to try to get closer to the Lord because we do believe it matters to know right from wrong. Uh, you know, Isaiah talk about there's going to come a day where people are going to call good evil and call evil good. And and we we want to guard against that. We don't want to be subject to that. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day you've given us of life, health, and strength, food, clothing, shelter, mercy, and grace. Uh, we just ask that you continue to keep blessing your people, uh, to give hope to your people who are finding themselves hopeless. Uh, empower your people, dear Heavenly Father, so that we can be blessed to be a blessing to so many lost people out here. These things we ask in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, today I want to talk more rapture talk. More rapture talk. Um, you know, for the longest, we have been taught that, you know, the rapture takes place before the final seven years begin. And I happen to believe now that that was uh, wrong teaching. Um, you know, a lot of our older ministries tried to make sense of the book of Revelations before it was time. And the reason why I say before it was time was because the angel spoke to Daniel and to John and told them that these things are sealed up to the time of the end. So it wasn't for them to understand the end times uh, way back then. And, um, and uh, so a lot of the uh, information and uh, the truth of these prophecies in the book of Daniel and the book of Isaiah and the book of Ezekiel and, of course, in the book of Revelations, were kind of hidden from us until the time of the end. So um, one of the big mistakes our older ministries made was trying to understand uh, these these prophecies before it was time for them to. And uh, see, Revelations is very tricky. It's not in order of time. You know, the timeline of Revelations is all over the place. So, you know, what might sounds like the rapture in chapter four you know, very well could have been the rapture. But in chapter five, I believe John jumps back in time and tell you some of the events that led up to the rapture. And so people think it's a continual story, chapter by chapter, and it's not that way at all. It's like a lot of these movies out here, you know, where they, the timeline jumps around. So, But the best way I've found to understand the end times is to listen to what Jesus said directly. You know, in the, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus gives us a lot of information about the end times. And sometimes he just says it plainly. Like in um, Matthew chapter 24, he said immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars of heaven will fall. And then he will send his angels to gather his elect from the four winds uh, of the earth at the sound of, of the trumpet. And so he's talking about the rapture there immediately after the, the, the tribulation of those days. So that's 
telling us that the rapture takes place at the end, right at the second coming of Jesus Christ. And then another one he says, and, and I believe it's um, John chapter 6, uh, verses 39, 40, 54, and no, 44 and 54, those four verses. He tells us um, that he's going to gather all them that belong to him at the last day. He says it four times. Once again, that's John chapter 6, verses 39, 40, 44, and 54. He says it four times that he's going to gather all them that belong to him at the last day. Once again, the last day is when the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give light, and the stars of heaven will fall. So that tells us that the rapture takes place at the end, at the last day, at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Um, when you look at the book of Daniel, uh, the book of Daniel and, and even in Genesis, um, another thing that the Bible teaches is uh, about prophecy is a lot of times God declares the end of a thing at the beginning. You know, he said that in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10, that he would declare sometimes the end of the story at the beginning of the story. And so when you look at Genesis Joseph was a dreamer, and after Joseph went through a lot, you know, he became very powerful, second in command. I believe it was in Egypt, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the Pharaoh had a dream, and, and Joseph was able to interpret the dream. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, the dream entailed that there was going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. Seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. So I believe that was a type and shadow of the end times. The end times is going to be three and a half years of plenty or uh, the power of God or wonderful church revival followed by the great tribulation. Okay, so that was kind of like a little type and shadow of the end times right there. You know, you can find that story if you want to read that in Genesis chapter 41. And then you have, um, you fast forward to the book of Daniel. Uh, Daniel is a very, very big end time book. Talks about the end times. And uh, a lot of people call the book of Daniel a double-ended prophecy where the prophecies are going to take place t twice you know, in, in Daniel's day and then at the end times as well. So that's something to think about right there. But um, in um, the book of Daniel, you had two popular stories. You had uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace. A lot of you might have remembered that if you was in Sunday school. That's a popular children's story on how these three Hebrew boys were thrown in the fiery furnace and were not burned up. But when they were released from the fiery furnace, as they was being released, their enemies that had them thrown in there, they were burned up. And uh, so I believe that's a type and shadow of the end times. I think that's showing us that the saints are going to have to go through great tribulation, but God is going to be with them like he was with the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace and were not consumed. And then after that three and a half years is up, God is going to take his people out Okay, that's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego coming out of the furnace. And then the enemies of God's people 
are going to fall subject to the very thing that they was trying to kill God's people with. And that's what happened to uh, Nebuchadnezzar's uh, soldiers when they opened up the fiery furnace, the heat singed and killed them. So that's like a type and shadow of the end times, great tribulation, the rapture, and then the second coming of Jesus Christ. Same thing with the Daniel and the lion's den. Um, Daniel would not bow down and pray and worship the false gods that he was thrown in the lion's den. And, um, and uh, when he went to the lion's den, that was a type and shadow of great tribulation. But Daniel was not eaten by the lions. He had to go through that tribulation period. And then once he went through it, and then uh, the, the angels shut the jaws of the lion, the Bible said. And then he was, he was able to come out of the lion's den. And then when he came out of the lion's den, the Bible said that the king threw all those people who conspired against Daniel into the lion's den after him. And then the lions ate them up. So that's kind of like a picture of great tribulation, the rapture, and then uh, the, the second coming of Jesus Christ and the wrath of God. So the Bible kind of gives us information on how the end times is going to play out. You know, it's going to be a final seven year period where the church is going to have great revival led by the two witnesses. And these two witnesses are going to have two churches, the Bible teaches, because they're going to they're going to have two candlesticks and the candlestick represents a church. And they're going to lead uh, the world in great revival. Uh, the church is going to walk in great power, have great breakthrough. And um, and then during that time, just like in the days of Joseph, you know, the church is going to have to be smart. We're going to have to set some stuff to the side for um the great tribulation to come because after the great revival great tribulation is going to come led by the antichrist and satan and the false prophet and then after that then we're going to have see the second coming of jesus christ come and as the second coming of jesus christ is coming the rapture is going to take place because god has not appointed us to his wrath he's going to get us out of the way as he starts his second coming and his wrath on the earth so I hope that was pretty clear. I believe it, you know, it's a lot of evidence to support it this way in the Bible. Um, like I said, we were taught for the longest that the rapture was going to take place before all of this. And the scriptures never really did line up. But for the most part, we just took the minister's word for it. You know, and it's what most people want to hear. They don't want to be down here when all that's going on. But God got us. He's going to keep us just like he kept. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, just like he kept Daniel in the lion's den. He's going to keep us during the great tribulation. You know, so after, you know, we don't faint, we go through the great tribulation, we're going to come out. Second coming is going to take place. Uh, in Revelations chapter 1, John says, every eye is going to see the Lord past present and future every eye is going to see the lord and then at that time that's when the rapture is going to take place uh, jesus is going to get us out of the way because he's going to administer fierce destructive wrath of god on the earth on all the people who took the mark of the beast who followed satan the false prophet and the antichrist so i just wanted to put that out there again it's always good to talk about the rapture 
uh, to have a refresher chorus of the rapture. You know, it's a lot of uh, stuff out there about the rapture and, you know, people have their perspective and we got to respect it, you know, but when you try to just, just try your best to put scripture with it so that, you know, you can have uh, a safe input on what the rapture is. Um, I always like to try to interpret scripture by scripture and give scripture accounts for why I said it. Um, I know first Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle Paul says at the sound of the last trump, the rapture takes place. Well, if you understand the trumpets, the last trump takes place at the second coming of Jesus Christ, which is the last day. So it all falls into place when you understand that the rapture takes place at the end and not seven years before, not three and a half years before, but at the very end. So um, one of the lessons I love about the story of Joseph, when the seven years of plenty followed by the seven years of famine, Joseph was very smart because during the seven years of plenty, Joseph created storages for resources and he saved for the famine that was to come. So I believe during the, the, the time of the two witnesses and the time of the great revival and when God is blessing the church and his people, I think we need to keep in mind what Joseph did during that time and start setting up stuff to the side and start setting resources up to the side and getting ready for um, the great tribulation that is to follow. So, you know, whether that might be uh, guns and uh, lighters and matches and uh, bottles of water and just all kind of little resources, you know, that because, uh, you know, you can't buy or sell once uh, the great tribulation starts. It, it's going to come a time where you're going to have to have the mark of the beast in order to participate in society, according to the Bible. And so if we live in the area where you got to have the mark of the beast in order to participate, you don't want to do that. So you're going to have to have your own resources. So I kind of believe that's the, the lesson we can take from, from what Joseph did in Genesis, how he saved up stuff to the side for the famine to come, you know. So that's something to think about as we are living in these days, which I believe are really about to lead up to the final seven years. We got to, uh, you know, be smart. And we got to look at the Bible, let the Bible lead us and teach us and guide us and show us you know, what steps to take so that we could be ready so that, you know, when the, the great tribulation comes, you know, we can get through it and, and still, and still have fun. And then that'd be, you know, such a hard situation for us if we are smart. So, um, I just wanted to put that out there. And, um, if you have any questions or comment, I would like to hear from you about the rapture and the end times. Um, you can contact us at uh, Thief, uh, uh, no, it's T. Aaron at ThiefInTheNightMinistries.com where we can take your questions and comments and we can elaborate on this stuff a little bit more. And, you know, iron sharpeneth iron. And when people of God get into the word of God, it's a beautiful thing. You know, what do you think about any of that? I mean, I agree with what you have to say. Because mm -hmm. Joseph, you know, he was shrewd. He, he had this ability to understand and see God in dreams that people would have back in the day. And um, 
I think that the the king back then he dreamed a dream where he saw uh, seven fat cows come up out of the river, followed by seven skinny cows that came up out of the river, and the seven skinny cows ate up the seven fat cows. And the king was like, "What in the world does that mean?" Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't know what that meant. Right. And um, and he had another dream where there were seven, you know, uh, fat ears of corn. And then um, followed by seven um, skinny ears of corn, and the skinny ears of corn devoured the fat ears of corn, and he didn't know. It. And so the the when Joseph got it, he knew what it meant right away. Mm-hmm. He knew it was going to be seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. Right. You know, so and he was able to prepare for the seven years of famine during the seven years of plenty. Right. So I think when we were in the final seven years, and we in that first three and a half year period when the church is thriving. You're going to have to start putting some resources to the side and getting ready for the seven years of the great, tri- I mean, the three and a half years of the great tribulation that is to come. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, like I said, um, if you have any questions or comments about the rapture, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at T Aaron at Thief in the Night uh, Ministries.com. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I want to say, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, um, I really want to encourage you to accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. You know, Jesus makes all the difference in the world. Um, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, Romans 10 and 9, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thy heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, why don't you do that? It would be the best decision you will have ever made in your life. Okay. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time to talk about your word, to look into your word, to hear from you. And we just ask that you speak to us so that we can uh, create a great conversation for your people. And so that our conversation can be so wonderful and glorious that it attracts the non-believer and so that the non-believer wants to be a part of this conversation as well. These things we ask in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray for yours is the kingdom, the glory, the honor, and the praise. We give you praise always and forever. Blessed, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen.